Welcome to Fish Nerds Podcast. We're here to talk about fish, fishing, and eating fish. I'm Dave Kellum. And I am Clay Groves. Together we talk about fishy stuff that's happened to us, people we know, and other fish nerds we've seen. Anything is fair game, and it's a good bet one of us is lying. <laughs> Today we are going to talk about Clay's Andro trip, uh, Dave's Baxter trip, fish in the news, and the end up with, uh, and we're going to end up with updates on our quests. Yay quests! Yay quests! Woo! <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> here we are. So, um, so Clay, your Andro trip. What 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 was up with that? Well, I got word from the people who give word <laughs> that long nose suckers were going to be spawning in the Androscoggin River. Long nose suckers. Now, so what? So long nose suckers. Different than white suckers, because mm-hmm. they and got different than chub suckers. Long noses, got it? Okay. Long noses, their mouth is kind of on the bottom. Uh, they normally like really fast or really, really deep water, and so the thought is during spawning season they'll come to shallow, fast water to spawn, and they spawn in large groups. And so the hope is you got a large group of fish, you should be able to spear one out. In New Hampshire, where we are, you could spear them. Uh, in, I think it's April, May, and June, and that's it. Nice. After that, back to regular old fishing form. So, we've been chasing this fish for two years, two and a half years now, as part of our one-year quest to catch and eat every kind of freshwater (laughs) fish in New Hampshire. (laughs) One year, you know, we're working on it, you know. You know, time is relative. Time is relative, relative. that's true. So, uh, we're going to be going after these fish till we get them all, and so you're going to hear a lot about Long nose suckers over the next couple of weeks as I chase them. Long nose suckers! Long nose sucker! And when I finally get one, we're gonna kill it and eat it, and I'm never gonna talk about them again. <laughs> we're gonna relish it. <laughs> it is now, we're gonna, oh, relish the thing. That sounds like a recipe, Dave. I so, know, I'm sorry. Uh, so I, as the water's heating up, down our way in southern New Hampshire, this bond should be nearly over. Central New Hampshire, it's high spawn time. The fish right now in all the rivers are boiling over to make new fish for the, for the suckers. And any day now, they should be turning on up north where, where I was heading to the Androscoggin River. Very cool. So I got word through one of the fish forum websites that long nose suckers, well, the way the story went, some guy posted on some website someplace. So you know it's good. The guy <laughs> It's got to be true. The guy said, when I was a kid, I used to pick up suckers off the bottom of the water at the 12th Street Bridge in Berlin. And I, and I don't know if I said Berlin right. Some say Berlin, some say Berlin. And I don't know the difference, but it matters if you live in Berlin. It does. So it does the, the guy said, is, uh, I used to pick them up and I would throw them in the road and cars would run them over. There were so many. So I went, well, they're in that thick and you're able to walk in the river at that spot and pick them up, I'm going there. So I got my car, I got my spear, got my camera, my waders, and I headed north. It's, uh, for me, almost an hour drive. Oh, wow. I get to the 12th Street Bridge, which magically you would expect to say 12th Street on it. You, yeah, it does, it's 12th Street it, Bridge, right? It, it, yeah, it, it's, it's called that, and everyone who lives in Berlin calls it that, but nowhere, anywhere near it is there a road called 12th Street, and nowhere on the bridge does it say 12th Street. Nice. So, I'm practically on the bridge. I stop and ask some kid who's fishing for directions. I said, hey, listen, 
First of all, you see any suckers in the water? I mean, he says, I almost caught a trout. <laughs> and I said, that's not what I asked you. Um, and so I started talking about fish nerds and what we're doing. Oh, yeah. And I said, hey, so have you seen, and I told him I was a writer. He goes, oh, you're a writer. Yeah. And then he, then when you tell people you write, they want to share information with you. So it's great. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, gave him our card and all that stuff. And so I said, have you, do you know where the 12th Street Bridge is? I never found 11th Street. <laughs> and then he goes, see that bridge right there? It says H on it. That's it. <laughs> of course. So, it's a bridge to the hospital. <laughs> so I went, great. I'm there. I'm so there. So I drove to the bridge. I put on my waders. I grabbed my spear and I started hiking down the water. And the Androscoggin River is not a little brook. It's not shallow. It's not wadeable at that spot. There's nothing I could do to get in the water and look for suckers. If I stepped off the bank into the water, I'd have been over my head. Ugh. So uh, the idea that someone, when they were a kid, were, were getting suckers there, two things must have happened. First of all, when that guy was a kid, probably all the mills were in operation up there. It's a little mill town. Oh. And they're mostly closed now. So maybe they were drawing off so much water, the river was so low, you could walk in the water at that spot. Oh, okay. Um, mostly, I just assume everyone's lying. <laughs> so, or their memory is skewed or something crazy going on. All right. So... <laughs> I, I I try to find a way in the river because I'm determined. Nothing, and I so I go up on the bridge. I start looking, and I see to my left downstream, maybe twenty feet from the bridge. That's exaggerating. Maybe a couple hundred feet from the bridge. On your left is a little brook that empties into the Androscoggin River. Ooh, nice, perfect, right? Yeah, so perfect. that's my spot. A brook I can handle. So I yeah. get myself to that brook. I'm got my my. Uh, my sunglasses on so I can see through the water. They're polarized. Nice. Which is a must for looking underwater, unless you're snorkeling. Yeah. And grab my spear and I start hiking up this little brook. And I'm not seeing anything. The water's very tannic, very kind of like brownish colored. Hey. Um, lots of garbage in the river. And I get into someone's backyard. The brook goes right through some someone's yard. And a lady walks out on her porch and she says, Did you lose something? <laughs> and I said, "Well, I'm looking for long nose suckers." And at she that goes, point, she's she's on the phone, oh, <laughs> getting ready man. to call. There's a guy in my backyard with a spear and sunglasses <laughs> and, and funny pants. <laughs> and he's talking about suckers. I'm scared. I don't know what he wants. <laughs> so I I say to her, "I'm looking for long nose suckers," and she says, "We ain't got him here." <laughs> I got a little closer, and I'm okay. I, I gotta turn the, turn on the charm before she calls the police. And for those who don't know me, I get through life with my charm and good looks. So, <laughs> take my sunglasses off. I make eye contact with her, and I say, "I'm a fish writer." <laughs> I like saying that. And then she called I, the cops. And, and then she called the cops, <laughs> and she threw the spear at me. And I said, "I said I've been hunting a fish." Uh, in your town, and I've got word they live in your brook here, and so I talked about the fish a little bit, give a little natural history lesson. She warmed up, of course, because yeah, yeah, you did the you did and the charm thing. I charm charmed her, yeah, and uh, she said she's never seen anything like that in her brook. And if you live on a little brook like that, and the fish are spawning there, you should notice. I mean, they they should be tons of them. Yeah, that 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 should be uh, fairly obvious. And she said. Uh, she said, honestly, fish don't really live in this brook. And, ju- and I'm not even making this up. Just when she said that, a dead trout floated to my feet down the street. 
<laughs> and she was so, technically right. How do you argue with that? So I got out of there. I left. I drove, uh, I drove upstream on, on the Andrew Livewall further, found another river that, um, fishing game has told us that fish lived in. I waited that river for a while. Um, probably spent two or three hours wading different brooks and rivers in that area. All the rivers and brooks, by the way, have Native American names. <laughs> got the Andrus Scoggins one, the, the Amanusik, the like, and and those are the two easy ones. Oh, there's there's the unpronounceable ones. There's a lot of unpronounceable ones, and I believe, and this is not to sound crass or anything, but if Native Americans had a written language, yeah. every river would be called Smith or Jones, <laughs> or <laughs> they'd have easy names. You know, they would not be called the Amanusik. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Names that you can't spell. So, <laughs> but but long story short, or I guess like long story long, I've been talking a long time. <laughs> I, I failed. You failed. That's a, that's a long I way to fail. Failed by the way. again. So we're getting used to failure. I'm going to try again this weekend. Uh, the same rivers again, and we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I put the time and effort in, and if nothing else. I know where the fish aren't. So that was <laughs> That's worth <laughs> that something, I suppose. That, it's something. <laughs> oh, so man. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. Terrible. But we'll get out there. We'll get out there. You know the the whole thing about the quest thing, it is these last fish are just really difficult. I can't believe how difficult these last fish have been. And uh but it does give a sense of purpose, I must say. Um because uh, well, it brings up my Baxter trip. So I, I went to Baxter Lake. Baxter Lake is, um, I'm not sure the history of it. It's got a dam, so it probably went to Lake Forever. And there's, there's some guy named Baxter built it. Baxter, Baxter Dam. His it. wife's in the backyard. Baxter, what are you doing? Building a dam. Why, right, woman, I'm building a lake. I'm going to name a lake. I'm trying to keep busy. I don't want to come home. <laughs> okay. So the dam is there. They actually put the date on the dam. I, I think it was like built in 1920, uh, fixed in 1940 or something they, they put the fixed date on. oh see so you, so you, when you want people don't drink you can get more done <laughs> you can get more done that's right um so anyway so i'm out of, i'm out at baxter lake and it's well known for bass fishing stuff and um so i decided to go out because there i was trying to catch fish so we have eight left i think um and i was out trying to get a banded killifish now a banded killifish is basically bait to anybody else right so it's a small fish, looks like a minnow. It's about maybe four to five inches long. I hear tell. I think five inches would be real lucky. It would be a trophy think, monster, monster. I, I think most you're going to see two to three inches, and they call them top minnows. Yeah, big top minnows because they are not on the bottom. Right. And actually, around the top, their eyes are designed to look up, and their mouth has a kind of sad look on it with that mouth bent to catch things on the surface yeah which actually is uh, now that i think about it is interesting we were we were fishing opposite you were fishing for suckers with a downward pointed mouth i was fishing for a killifish with an upward pointed mouth that's fascinating isn't it kind of (laughs) (laughs) um so anyway so i i decide well i'm going to be able to see these things if they're out there and of course fishing game did a report and they they wrote it all up and they said oh we've caught a lot of bass and bluegill and killifish so i'm like oh that's killifish here so um i went out there and i decided to just take a video camera and on a big long pole and i was gonna just kind of walk around until i found them and then when i found them i was gonna go back and get my fishing gear and then come back and catch them um, so I'm cruising around the shallows. Man, there were fish everywhere. It was the you know early spring. Things are really 
uh, you know, pop in. I was seeing, I was chasing a couple of pickerel down the shoreline. It was really cool. This is my, this is my favorite time of year to be on the water. Oh, it's just that, that it, kind of everything is everywhere. The weeds aren't there yet. So you can see all the fish. It was just Beautiful. crazy good, you know, and I'll, I'll post the pictures on fishnerds.com, um, in a post because it was awesome in the video too. And then one of the cool things is, is as I'm, as I'm following these pickerel, all of a sudden this like four pound bass shows up. And, uh, it would, it just looked gigantic after looking at these small bluegill and things. Turned out it was, there were a pair of them on a bed. Um, it was, it was great. I sat and watched them for a while and then a guy came up and started fishing and I assumed he caught them because you would have to be an idiot not to be able to catch fish on a bed. Um, right. Cause they're so aggressive and they, they're just out there trying to eat stuff. So anyway, I, I maybe was the last people to film that those fish before they met their end um but you know whatever i suppose there's lots of fish um so i was walking around and then i saw these minnows that i didn't i couldn't identify they look like um maybe they were on the top there was a bunch of them so i was like oh this is great so i well you know here's the real nerdy thing about this like <laughs> people who don't know you won't they don't get that jazz you get when especially if you haven't been on a quest like this like when you see a fish you don't know and you're after every kind of fish. That's it's a it's a big deal. It's a big freaking deal. Like that <laughs> level of excitement. It's like, you know, they've landed on the moon. You know, it's that kind of. They've done it. They found the new fish. So really exciting. I don't want you to downplay the idea of a new fish because wow. Yeah, it's it's fish. a big deal. Big deal. And so I run back to the car and I have these small hooks and everything is set. Everything's looking good. And I go to get the really fine line that is needed to hook on these on the hook. And I don't have the line in the car. I tear apart the car. Can't find the spool. It was terrible. You should have grabbed the elastic out of your underpants. I mean, I was trying every, I was even trying to like shave down six pound line down to a little thinner thing. It was, it was really sad. So I ended up just sitting there and watching them. <laughs> so I'm not convinced they were killifish. I'm not sure. Like I said, I'm not sure what the heck they were. They maybe have been a shiner or a minnow or something. Um, I really, really wish I even had, uh, I don't know, just a net or anything to, to see what they were. But, um, I know where they live in Baxter, at least for a while. And I plan to go back and try to catch them again. So, um, and you should try to get back there before the weeds grow in and, uh, yeah, before they I know. have all that cover to hide it. And they should be hungry right now. I would hope so. So anyway, that's my, that's my, uh, tale of disappointment and woe. Um, wow. You know, um, everyone who's listening right now is going, man, these guys suck. <laughs> they can't catch anything. Wow. They have a podcast about not catching fish. How mm. interesting is that? Wow. I, I, well, we, we lost our one listener. So <laughs> <laughs> we, we did lose our one listener. Um, but we actually know people who do catch fish. And one of the people that I know is River Jim. Uh, River, River Jim. <laughs> River Jim is cool. He, uh, he haunts the river in my hometown here in Exeter, New Hampshire. I only see River Jim in the spring. I think he's genetically connected to the, the river herring that, that swim up the river every year. Um, I, he's always there. When I first met him like eight years ago, he, um, he threatened me. He, uh, he said, <laughs> I go, wow. fish. He, what was that Muppet who threw fish? Remember that guy? The, the Muppet? <laughs> the Muppet who threw fish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he threw oh, fish. Man. It was, yeah, yeah, this basically River Jim. Um, River Jim, he's the Muppet. And, uh, yeah, so Jim said, yeah, it's a really nice place, isn't it? And I go, yeah. And he says, you better not tell anybody. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And here we are podcasting. I know. <laughs> we're podcasting. <laughs> 
Dusty's gonna remember Jim's gonna come get you. <laughs> Good thing no one's listening. Yeah, so if you don't, if I don't come back next week, you know what happened. Uh, but anyway, I caught up with River Jim down at the river uh, where they were herring, and I I was able to tape an interview, and we're gonna go live, or we're gonna go taped, I guess, to that interview. So this is it was, it was live when you did it. That's right. So this is me talking to River Jim on the shores of the actual, actually, it was the Squamscott River in Exeter, New Hampshire, and there were a couple of lobstermen there who were netting up the herring uh, for lobster bait. So here is River Jim and me. All right, we're out here with River Jim here on Fish Nerds. How, how you doing? Great. <laughs> what what sort of things you seen this year? Uh, lots of bird activity so far, indicating that the uh, river herring is starting to show up. There's been a lot of great blue herons, osprey. Um, saw an osprey circling around, and about five minutes later, its mate showed up. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was <laughs> nice to see last night. Um, I found their nest about a mile from here, a new nest out behind the industrial park on the, really? on the um, cell phone tower going so- out Epping Road. Oh, yeah. Is where their nest is. Oh, that's very Found cool. Their, their nest, so I've been going out and videoing them in the in their nest area, too. Nice. So that's kind of cool. But the uh, the river herring have been starting to come up good last two weeks now. There's been a good run coming up. So Yeah, I was out here um, a couple days ago, and I saw where they were in this pool, especially. Um, but, yeah, they're coming to think. Are the stripers behind them yet? I haven't tried yet, but I did see some motion yesterday that looked like a couple schoolies behind them. Yeah. Um, these guys have gotten about four totes of yeah. herring today, so there's about 400 fish in a tote, so that's 1,600 fish up the river today in one day. <laughs> now, according to the fish ladder, though, there's only a couple hundred in this river, right? The ladder statistics are a little bit skewed from what reality <laughs> is, but uh, that, that's just... That's just because we, we see all the fish coming down here. They do have impediments between here and the ladder. There's a falls right up river where we net that they have somewhat of an issue getting past. Um, but I think that's probably an issue with their fish ladder and getting the, the flow right or something to get the fish going through the ladder. Yeah. Well, I mean, you and I have talked a lot about the spawning that must happen here. And to get this many fish coming back every year, it's got to be happening here. Interesting, in the floods that we had back in the mid-2000s, um, the Fish and Game Department had thought afterwards that there was going to be a population issue five years later when the next spawn, you know, when the fish come back to spawn because of those flood years. Right, should have lost What it ended, ended up happening was the actually the reverse of that. It was a bumper crop those years. And although they got a low amount of fish going up the ladders... Four to five years later, they got a lot of fish coming back. Ah. So that proved to them that either the fish that spawned below the ladders were more successful, yeah. uh, or, or for some reason, the ones that did go had a higher return rate, one or the other. You know. Well, the one thing that I've learned on this river is that the people who, being stewards of your own environment, your own river shed or lake or whatever... The best people to take care of it are those of us who appreciate it and use it. Um, We'll be more efficient than the Fish and Game Department ever is because they've got a limited budget, a limited amount of personnel. Our heart's in it, protecting our our own local areas. So the best way to to really do it is be proactive 
and take care of our own spots. Yeah. And plus, you're always down here. Right. <laughs> like, I always know that I can find you down here during this time of year. So, anyway, hey, thanks a lot. Fishnerds.com. Thanks a lot, River Jim. My pleasure, Dave. <laughs> Good. We'll see if that all works out. Yeah. <laughs> nice job on the interview, Dave. Um, you know, I think for me, listening to River Jim, one of the things I really liked about him is he's talking about, um, first thing he opened with, he's not talking about the fish at all, but the bird activity. Yeah. We're talking yeah. about before he even goes in the water, he looks to the sky. And, yeah. and it says a lot about the connection between fish and everything else. Yeah, that's you know, true. He was talking about the great blue herons. He was talking about what other birds we used to seagulls. Yeah, there's lots of gulls around there and cormorants. Cormorants are always kind of uh, cruising around when the herring are in. Yeah, really cool. And and you know, as we're fishing for especially for our new our new fish, and we should be looking for birds hitting the water, especially those top minnows, because I imagine <laughs> they'd be easy to spot. From a, a bird would be going after those like crazy. So yeah, you would think so. Like a uh, belted kingfisher would be a, yeah. a prime one for that. Yeah, I also really liked I really liked the the measurement of herring being a tote measurement. And, I, and the question I would have asked him is that metric or standard? So, Dave, you got to work on those interviews <laughs> skills. <Tote. laughs> How many totes, totes are you? I'm three metric totes. Okay. Put I'm going to start putting that on my license. <laughs> How heavy are you? I'm five totes. Five totes. Oh, gosh. What's that mean? <laughs> that means 1,600 herring. <laughs> It's an old English measurement. <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, so anyway, awesome. Well, anyway, it was great talking to River Jim. Yeah, and, really um, cool. And we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll catch up with him again, and we'll be able to do another interview. So that's yeah. awesome. It brings us right into the fish news. Fish in the news. Fish in the news. Fish this, in the news. This story. Well, this first, go I'll ahead. let you tell the story. I'll, right. I'll introduce it. I'll let you tell it. All right, go. But um, this first story, we, the reason we got wind of this first story was – I was driving my car the other day, and a friend of mine <laughs> called me up, and she goes, Clay, are you in jail? Said, no, I'm, I'm not. So she said, you're the one who got away then. I said, what are you talking about? She goes, I heard on the news, on, the, on NPR, that two guys in Exeter were busted for poaching eels, uh, elvers. Yeah. And the first thing I thought of was, who, what two dopey guys would be in a river catching a fish that nobody cares about? Dave and Clay. So she assumed that Dave was the one who got busted and I got away. So now Dave's going to tell the actual story here. So this is from, this is from the Exeter patch and I'll do it in my newscaster voice. Um, alleged eel smugglers caught after manhunt. Police attempt to break up a 2,000 pound per pound international eel smuggling scheme when one man eluded capture. Yeah, that, now that's a pretty good intro. It's a great intro, and just the idea of just running from the cops with a bucket of eels, just <laughs> visually appealing. I like, <laughs> I like the idea of an international eel smuggling scheme. I'm looking for the made-for-TV movie on that one. <laughs> <laughs> with Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so the story goes, New Hampshire Fishing Game has identified two brothers arrested uh, in Hampton Falls, nearby town, for illegally harvesting young eels in a New Hampshire coastal river. They give the names of the two guys. I won't, I won't 
add that to this. They've probably already been. It wasn't us. It wasn't us. That's exactly <laughs> right. They're, they're under 30. So I don't know. One of them's 35. Anyway, um, they were charged and the deal was the one guy was charged for disobeying a conservation officer, resisting arrest, taking American eels less than six inches in length and taking American eels without a harvest permit. The bail was set at $5,000 cash. So that was one of them. And that was the guy that I think ran away because his brother was charged with disobeying a conservation officer, hindering apprehension and providing false information to the officer. He probably said he was two totes or something like that. Um, right. right. <laughs> and so he was, that was a $2,500. So running away from a cop cost you $2,500. Um, and if, <laughs> and the story goes, um, Fish and Game Enforcement received information at 5 a.m. on Friday that two individuals were dipping glass eels, also known as elvers, in the Hampton Falls River near Route 1 in Hamptons Falls. A uh, Fish and Game officer responded to the scene and found the men leaving the site in possession of the illegal glass eels. While being, while being handcuffed, one of the guys resisted. He reportedly struck the officer, and he, then the guy was pepper sprayed. Then he fell into the Hampton Falls River. <laughs> And then fled into the nearby marsh. <laughs> you think he, at that point, you got a guy who's pepper sprayed, got one handcuffed on, he's floating down the river, he's stuck in a marsh. You'd think he'd be pretty easy to get. Or do you think he's going to wait for him to hurt himself, and then once he's hurt, they'll just pick him up later? Um, his brother actually also fled, this, this story says. So oh. he, he also fled and was taken back into custody a short time later. A search commenced for the one guy involving conservation officers, state police, police from Seabrook, Hampton Falls, and Kensington. Canine teams were dispatched, and fish and game and state police, and a state police helicopter was issued. The state, wow. I know this is for the International uh, Glass Eel uh, Mafia. Wow. Uh, the state crazy. police tracking dog led searchers to the guy's location in a rented room in the Hampton Falls Inn. He was taken into custody at 9.15 a.m. Wow. Wow. That's great. <laughs> so, <laughs> really good. That's really good. Uh, you know, can you imagine, like, uh, you know, mo- some towns have crackheads and stuff, which I know we do too, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what, what, yeah, what's a guy in for? Oh, he's eels, you know. <laughs> Elvers. Elvers. Elvers, really? You know, you want to talk about a guy in prison who has no friends. It's the eel smuggler. You know? <laughs> you got, what are you in for? Murder. What are you in for? Uh, robbed a bank. What are you in for? Elvers? <laughs> okay, Clyde. <laughs> yeah, Elvers. So yeah. Appara- apparently they're $2,000 a pound because they're shipping them over to, uh, to Asia to grow them out in aquaculture to make sushi. So, uh, how does that pound, uh, how does that translate to totes? <laughs> No. We need a conversion chart. We, we never know what that's going to be. We do need a conversion chart. Chart, yeah, so. yeah. Wow. Um, so anyway, that is our fish in the news. Fish in the news. Good job. Yeah, well thank, done, Dave. Keller. Thank you very much. Um, so we're so. going to this this podcast the longest one we've ever done. Um, it is, but I still want to do an update. Um, there's still somewhere to talk about. Okay. Yes, so that's true. There's a little longer. There is more to talk about. Yes. And <laughs> so what are you going to talk about? Well, I want I want to give a quick quest update on our dam quest. Mm, yes. And for those who don't know, one of our other quests besides catching and eating every kind of fish in New Hampshire is there are thousands of active dams in New Hampshire and we thought it would be a good idea to travel to each one of them, catch a fish or ant or something off the dams and fill our damn bellies while we're at it. <laughs> so on my way back from 
my failed Amanusic trip, mm-hmm. I stopped at the headwaters of the Saco River at Wiley Pond. Nice. And beautiful old wooden dam there. Nice. Little man-made pond. Uh, and really, so, such a pretty day. I decided that's a good idea to go there and catch a little brook trout and knock that dam off the list. Nice. Damn so good idea. That's what I did. A damn good idea. Yeah. And, it won't, and so I, I went down the river and I tied on a little, one of my favorite trout, trout lures is a little shiny spinner with a hook on it yeah. and a tiny piece of worm. I checked it in. Three minutes later, boom. Little <laughs> boom. tiny brook trout. Oh, yeah. good, good. Little tiny brook trout. Probably pushing six inches if I'm at, even close to accurate. Wow. Yeah. and Little the, guy. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so, but it counts. It does because count. Because we can eat it. That's right. And there's no, in New Hampshire, there's no size. It can be any size fish. It's, I think it's five fish or five pounds of fish. Right. And, and that, that's 0.25 totes. Right. Point two, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I kept a little fish and I thought, well, it's not quite enough to fill my damn belly. And <laughs> early spring right now is a great time to hunt fiddleheads. Oh, nice. And fiddleheads are a ostrich fern. Mm-hmm. And it's the only, in New Hampshire, the only edible fern species we have. Oh, okay. Um, and I happened to find a little patch of ostrich ferns. I chopped those guys off. By the way, if you're going to go fern hunting, learn what the right ones are because the wrong ones will kill you. Right. So. The wrong. <laughs> and, and I hear there's an international fern scheme um, that you could maybe tap into as well. Maybe. <laughs> you sell the wrong ferns you, to people, to countries you don't like. Right. Exactly. So. What, what, We're exporting ferns this year. Wet, so. wet, wet, weaponized ferns. Exactly, exactly. Well, the, the ferns you don't like are the cute fuzzy ones. Okay, don't eat so fuzzy you, ferns. Yeah. You see a fuzzy white fern that looks nice and edible, don't eat it. Got it. You see one that looks like it's growing out of a, out of a wet paper bag that's called an ostrich fern, that's the one you can eat. Now, here's the problem with these ostrich ferns. Yeah. Uh, there's a link between ostrich ferns and food born illnesses. Lots of people eat these, get sick. No way. Yeah, I think it's salmonella. Oh. And so the solution there is thoroughly cooking it. So don't pick them and eat them all raw. Oh. Which, by the way, I've done a ton of in my lifetime. And, <laughs> and that explains a lot. Know, yeah, right. I'm not dead or <laughs> sick, but the recommendation from uh, most states are you boil them for four to ten minutes, then you can eat them. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah. That's good and to know. So what I did was I, I, I ran home and I Chopped the half the fish and gutted it. I boiled the um, I boiled the fern, the uh, fiddleheads for yeah. about five minutes. I drained them, dried them, heated up a cast iron skillet with butter and olive oil. I threw the uh, little fish in there with the ferns, a little salt, pepper, garlic. Turned it over a couple times, and yep. boom, that's it. Boom, super delicious. The the ferns taste like asparagus. Uh, and the fish tastes like fish, so it's a win. <laughs> it's a win. It's that... a win. And you can see the recipe and pictures on our website if you're trying to identify those ferns. It's at fishnerds.com. Fishnerds.com. And fishnerd, you know, I love fishnerds.com because fishnerds.com has a lot of cool things. Being Name That Tuna is a page devoted just to fish that we don't know what they are. And we invite the fish nerds in the world to log on and help us identify these things. It's It's surprisingly fun. Um, it's super cool. So name that tuna section. And then there's also the Fish Nerd Nation section, which is the shout out to all the fish nerds in the world. It's video clips from YouTube. We troll the web so you don't have to. And uh, it's super entertaining because we chop them down to the 30 seconds that are interesting. 
Most right. people that post videos on there post a lot of stuff that isn't, and we just take the 30 seconds that it's. The, the good part. Yes. The, bits. Exactly. And um, I, we did want to do a quick shout out to, here, here's our advertising. See, see what you think. Um, are you a fish nerd? Do you know a fish nerd? If you answered yes to either of these questions, you can be a fish nerd correspondent. Email us at metalkgood at fishnerds.com. <laughs> me talk good. Yes. And don't worry if you spell it wrong, we'll still get it. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so. me talk good at fishnerds.com. Uh, seriously though, if you're out there listening to this and you're like, I could do that, uh, send us an email. We'll, we'll do a quick interview. Make sure you're not insane or an eel smuggler. And, uh, and then, yeah, we'll work it out and you can be our correspondent. So that'd be yeah, very and, cool. And that being said, we're not opposed to talking to eel smugglers either. That could be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that that is true. So, I I yeah. guess I I shouldn't be biased against deal smugglers. Well, you should be, but we still want to talk to them. <laughs> so, uh, also, just a quick plug: uh, if you want to see the Fish Nerds live at May, on May thirtieth, we'll be at Tin Mountain Conservation Center in Albany, New Hampshire. Yay! Tin Mountain talk of our Tin Mountain doing a uh, one hour talk of our Catch 'Em All quest. And that's at 7 p.m. in Albany, New Hampshire. And also, feel free to email us for bookings. We are happy to come and do your event. Right, right. Well, we'll we can paint a room. We could, uh, you know, fix do the gutters. We could clean out your gutters. We're good at stuff. Good at stuff. <laughs> good at stuff. <laughs> so, anyway, that wraps up this podcast. Uh, and I'm I'm signing off. This is Dave Kell. Clay Gross, FishNerds.com. <laughs>